0: Welcome to What Do You Know About? My name is Ash, and I will be your tour guide through the lesser-known stories of history. You can join us on your favorite podcast app, or come have a conversation on our Instagram, at WDKA Podcast. But first, hold on tight, because we're about to go down a historical rabbit hole with today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome to our introduction episode to our World's Fairs series. I'm super excited to have you all here and really excited to have Kat here as well as we chat about everything to do with the World's Fairs of the past and even the future. Yes, we are a history podcast, but this is a topic that just keeps on going. It would be like doing a series on every Olympics and not talking about the future of the Olympics.
2: That's true. That would be a little bit weird, like, stopping at, like, 2010 and being like, all right, that's the history of Olympics. It's like, no, we were still having them, though.
0: <laughs> exactly. I'm like, and they're going to continue going. Yeah. Just possibly a little bit differently, because I know they're looking at doing like the Olympics. Um, they're looking at possibly having, like, one or two countries per, like, so, like, North America, per, and then, like, Europe, and then, like, the Asias or something, like, And then just running them, like, through that same, like, the same cities so that it's not as much of, like, a thing for... (laughs) Gotcha. Yeah. So
2: it's not as much of a hullabaloo for the random cities that are chosen every year. Okay.
0: Yeah. Which, uh, it's like, then are you going to... Is it going to be that every Olympics that all of the proceeds are going to just that one city? Or are you then going to make it that all the proceeds are going to go worldwide (laughs)
2: Yeah, because yeah,
0: exactly. it should then be that the proceeds go worldwide all the time. <laughs> yeah. But today we're going to introduce you all to the idea of the World's Fair and how we're going to kind of structure this little series. So, mainly because the World's Fair has constantly changed, and honestly, there are hundreds of them that we could talk about if we don't structure this well. Mm-hmm. Therefore, for the sake of timing and my brain power, we will only be talking about the 35 expos that are actually recognized by the Bureau International des Expositions. Plus, one specialized expo that is dear to my heart because it has happened here in my home province, which we'll have a special guest for that episode because why not? Yay! Plus, I'd also hear about it all if I didn't invite them for this one. Uh. <laughs> so, let's get into a little bit of history. First off, a world's fair is basically a nation's way of showing off and inviting other countries to come see their newest innovations and achievements. Mm -hmm. So most world's fairs or world expos last three to six months, um, but some lasted a full year or two years, depending.
2: Holy, they lasted for so much longer than I thought they did. I thought it was like a month or two tops.
0: Yeah, no. Well, New York was the example of that in nineteen sixty four and nineteen. 65, but we will talk about them later, because they weren't even a legit World's Fair slash Expo. They were just
2: like, we're doing it on our own, whether whether you say we can or not.
0: Yeah. So I'm also going to be covering oh, them, um, because this is, like, they're, they're going to be their own episode, because even though they're not legitimately <laughs> recognized as a fair, it's actually a major cultural icon, which created a pile of major icons that we know of, that are still going and that we know of today. Cool. So, the very, very first World Fair was in Prague in 1791. 1791. Holy, we've been at this for a while. It was held in Bohemia, which is now modern-day Czech Republic, and it was put on for the coronation of Leopold II. So, the fair mainly celebrated how sophisticated the Czechs were with their manufacturing methods of the time. This is also the event that Mozart wrote his very last opera for, which was called La Clemenzia di Tito. We talked about Mozart a while ago. Yes, we did, I think. Um, So this actually would be the first of Mozart's operas to reach London in its entirety. Uh, The rest of his operas before this one only reached London in segments. So the next World's Fair would take a lengthy seven years to be held. Mm -hmm. which at this point in World's Fair time frame is an eternity. Yeah. Um, It would be held in Paris, as would the next seven expositions until 1829, when the USA gets a hold of the trend.
2: Naturally, naturally.
0: if there's anything
2: the USA uh, really wants to put their money and time and dedication to
0: it, showing off all the accomplishments of the USA. right. Um, let's just say France actually really, really, really loves their Expos, and it's going to become even more evident shortly.
2: This is fair. This is fair. France has been, yeah, France has also been known for uh, showing off their stuff pretty well. Yeah. So, the
0: 1829 Fair in the USA is held in New York, um, and it's called the American Institute Fair. Okay. This fair would end up being held yearly until 1897, and boasts encouragement for the development of American agriculture, commerce, manufacturing, and arts. Okay, cool. Um, it's considered the world's sorry, it's considered the first World's Fair of America, but it only garners about thirty thousand attendees, which is nothing compared to the usual attendance of World Fairs to Come. Oof. Yeah, the Americans don't get enough compared to everybody else, but, I mean, they're kind of new at this point, so... That does make me curious
2: about how they fared compared to the Chicago World Fair, though.
0: Yeah, we're going to get there. We'll get into that later. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, through the 1830s and 1840s, Turin and Paris would then take turns holding their Expos, trying to one-up each other through the years, until... More cities try to put their hats into the ring. Naturally, naturally. Uh, One such city would then garner the official title of First World's Fair by the Bureau Internationale d'Expositions, London, England. Okay. So London's First World's Fair was technically in 1849 with their first exposition of British manufacturers. Yeah, I believe though that because they focused on British manufacturers and not a world focus, that this particular fair was officially out of the running for being deemed a proper world's fair. (laughs) Um, so and it was actually held this in the same year as Birmingham held an exhibition of industrial arts and manufacturers, which garnered over a hundred thousand attendees, of whom included Charles Darwin and Prince Albert. Wow. Prince Albert would then go on to help bankroll the next World's Fair, which did become extremely famous. Cool. A vendor of note at this um, industrial arts exhibition would be the Cadbury Brothers, showing off their chocolates, including a vanilla eating chocolate, which was a completely brand new flavor at the time. Amazing. In fact, their chocolates were actually being sold as homeopathic, which I am completely here for. I'm
2: sorry, how were they supposed to be homeopathic?
0: Well, I mean, like, at least, like, for, again, like, dark chocolate now is considered to be a healthy food, yeah. right? Sure, so, dark chocolate. So cocoa, like, so cocoa bean and stuff like that is actually considered okay. homeopathic. So depending on what n- so level of like... cocoa it is, it actually uh-huh. can be considered homeopathic. Okay, so it's like a vanilla-flavored dark chocolate. Well, I don't know exactly what, the, one what that they had. the vanilla-eating chocolate was considered, if it was considered homeopathic, but most of their chocolates were considered homeopathic. Gotcha, gotcha, okay.
2: Interesting. It's
0: just that the vanilla-eating chocolate was, like, the newest gotcha. thing, right? The newest
2: of their newest production.
0: Yeah. Interesting, okay. With World Fairs becoming the it thing... Every country in every city wanted one. Mm-hmm. So they would have one. They just
2: did it themselves. They were like, all right, you know, regulations yeah. be damned. I'm
0: just going to do
2: our thing over here.
0: Pretty much every single year, multiple places would rush to be the first to declare a world's fair. And so different years, you'd have multiple world's fairs happening.
1: Oh my god.
0: Trying to that basically compete so with each chaotic. other to be, like, who, like, who's going to get the most people to come to our World's Fair. Oh my god, that's so chaotic. In the later 1800s to the early 1900s, like, the lists are full of World's Fairs as everyone clamored to hosts. Mm-hmm. Hundreds of thousands would flock to whomever was hosting to get a glimpse of, of whatever extravagant thing was being built to upstage the last person. So like London are. had their Crystal Palace, Paris had their Eiffel Tower, Chicago built mm-hmm. the Ferris wheel, you had mm-hmm. statues made of chocolate, giant towers of light bulbs, um, oh huge cities were built to be taken down just as soon as the fair was completed. <laughs> Many sports centers that we use today when, like where we look at them and go, This doesn't seem practical. Um, were literally eh. built for world's fairs and were like not built to be practical, but built to wow. Oh my. And goodness, then they're like we don't have anything else lot. to do with this, so let's just put a baseball field in here.
2: <laughs> oh my goodness. That kind of explains a lot.
0: Um so yeah, we're going to learn about some of those as we get to like those each of those fairs. So, in 1928, the French basically said enough is enough. <laughs> we are the best at world fairs and all of these random fairs need to stop, which really they weren't wrong. <laughs>
2: you are kind of right. I kind of, like, I, I support it.
0: So there did need to be a better structure to World Fairs. Mm-hmm. Therefore, the Bureau International des Expositions was founded in Paris on the 22nd of November on two main goals. Number one was to oversee a calendar, bidding, selection, and organization process of World Fairs and Expos. And number two was to establish a framework for organizers and participants to work under and together so that things would run smoothly and under the best conditions. And apparently, an an unofficial number three was to go back in history and deem what historically is considered an official World Fair or Expo.
2: Oh, okay. So then they went back through time and were like, okay, these fairs checked these boxes, those ones didn't. So these ones are official and those ones don't count?
0: Correct. And it's the French that are doing this. The French plus like a pile of other countries all got okay. big. so like like the, there's like it's like a whole it's almost like the UN but of world fairs. World <laughs> fairs. Okay, okay. Yeah, but it's like, mainly it's the French the that the run French it. This, I feel like it could
2: be a little bit rigged as far as them declaring. Yeah, which like it's like, the, the French who
0: basically run fast. it, though. Like.
2: Yeah.
0: But they did put London and not France as the first world's fair. So. Okay. Okay. Points for honesty. I mean, yeah, so the, BE, so the B.I.E. decided to put these events under two categories. Mm-hmm. So the category that we're, we're going to focus on is the registered expositions or world expos. Okay.
2: So, so like
0: we call them world fairs because we're in North America, which is why I kind of keep going back and forth between world fair and expo. It literally actually all really depends on the organizer and whomever named the event as to mm. if it's a fair or an expo. Gotcha, okay. It seems like after the BIE was formed, most events became expos to fit the organization no matter where in the world that they were held, but the past events were usually called world fairs, but then sometimes expos, so kind of like bear with us as it will kind of change depending on the event.
2: Yeah, it kind of flips back and forth. Yeah.
0: The other category, for those of you who are curious about it, are recognized expositions or specialized expositions. So basically, if you aren't big enough or special enough to be a world expo, but you're enough to be still recognized, you're a specialized exposition.
2: Gotcha. Okay. So that would would that be like New York? Then was a specialized. It's exposition.
0: not. No, it's not anything according to the BIE.
2: Oh, they don't. They're like not even. Like yeah, the, it's not even into, yeah, it's not even on their list at all.
0: not Yeah, it's not on their list. even that. Yeah.
2: Oh, oh, that's rough. Yeah, that's rough, buddy. <laughs>
0: Um, Expo 86 in Vancouver, though, is a recognized exposition.
2: Oh, okay.
0: So we are going to be talking about that one because it's our expo. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I want to talk about it. That's
2: near and dear. Yeah. That's near and dear to us.
0: Exactly. And it's also kind of cool to see, like, the difference between a world expo and a recognized expo, right? So, I'm like, let's just do the expo that's actually, like, kind of close to our hearts here. Yeah,
2: sure.
0: Um, So, a new timeline for these expos are kind of scheduled, so it's kind of like the Olympics in a way. Like, you know how the Olympics is every four years, and then you kind of go, like, every every two years is a winter and then a summer? Mm -hmm. Um, A World Expo is now supposed to happen every five years and last for six months. Well, specialized expos will happen in between for about three months. Okay. Um, It can be one specialized expo or many specialized expos, though, in between your world expos. Gotcha. Okay. But... A World Expo doesn't actually have to happen every five years, it seems, because there is an example where there were 11 specialized expos in between the 1970 World Expo in Osaka, Japan, and the next World Expo, which was in Seville, Spain, in 1992. Okay, that's a bit of a gap. Um, I was trying to find as to, like, why there was such a big gap, Um, but I couldn't actually see, like, any exact reasons, and I didn't want to, like, go and look at, like, world history and, like, speculate as to why there was such a big reason, because I'm like, you never know, (laughs) right? Like, we have a bit of a gap, like, recently because of COVID, but that's an, that's an actual, like, there's a reason, like, and it's actually, like, put down, there is no expo, like, there was a spot prepared, But it was cancelled because of COVID.
2: (laughs) Yeah, whereas with this one it's entirely possible that there just wasn't a spot like prepared or like in time or something. Exactly.
0: Um, so many people don't realize that we still have World Expos to this day. We always think of them as something from the past, especially because they aren't usually actually held on American soil anymore. The Mm -hmm. last World Expo to be held here was literally expo 86 as a specialized expo or expo 67 in montreal as a world expo okay so canada basically apparently shot the bed somehow
2: (laughs) we're like yeah okay we did our time we're just we're gonna let it be now we have enough other stuff going on
0: um the last world expo was in 2020 in dubai with 24.1 million people attending over the last like over the six months Okay. Um, the largest ever attendance for a world expo goes to Shanghai in 2010, with over 73 million visitors. Whew, you know what? That kind of checks out for me. I kind of, I kind of get that. Right. Um, it isn't cheap though to run an expo. That Shanghai expo cost over okay. five thousand eight hundred million dollars in USD. If you count the infrastructure that they built for the fair. Holy shit.
2: That's that's a good chunk of change. I mean, I'm glad they had such a huge attendance, and I'm sure that helps make some of that back.
0: I don't know. I don't know. That's... I don't. I didn't. I haven't like looked into like as to like
2: if they made if a they made or money like, or if
0: they lost money. <laughs>
2: that's a crazy amount
0: of money. Um, like yes, oh, uh, night. Like 192 countries attended it, but I'm like that's a lot of money to be spending in today's economy. Mm, I'm like, mm-hmm. yes, China's a fairly rich country, but I'm like <laughs> Yeah
2: Still <laughs> Yeah, totally that's that's for a the lot world of money.
0: economy. That's a lot of money to be spending.
2: Yeah.
0: Um we do have an expo coming up in twenty twenty five. And I believe cool, it is in Japan as well. Okay, cool. Um, but apparently there's not a lot of like advertisement. About it in oh. Japan, like, that people were, like, I, I heard somebody else from, like, another podcast saying that they'd been recently, they hadn't even, like, seen any advertisement about the World Fair yeah. being going, and I'm like, interesting, you'd think that you'd be advertising it so that people would be like, oh, hey, we should book tickets to come for
2: 2025. Well, yeah, right, like, I... Yeah, you you would think so, especially if the goal is to, like, get people from all over the world to come check this thing out. You'd think you would want to put out advertisements all over the world mm-hmm. when and where it's
0: happening. Exactly. Well, and especially because, like, so now that we have a basic understanding of what the World's Fair is and, like, the sort mm-hmm. of history of it, like, mm-hmm. I think we're ready to kind of jump into the first World's Fair, but most historians have separated the fairs into three segments of history, and we're going to be going in that chronological order because we have the Industrial yes. Era which is 1851 to 1938. Then we have the cultural era, um, which is 1939 to 1987. And then the nation branding era, which takes us from 1988 to the present day. So you'd want people to, you'd want to be advertising it and you'd want people from all over the world to be coming because we're mm-hmm. in that nation branding era, which means that a lot of these countries that are having people come are trying to show that, hey, we are a nation that is up and coming and we are a great nation and you want mm-hmm. to come visit us. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that's the whole point of your expo. Country, yeah.
2: <laughs> like. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. Because that's 2025. So it's, they do still have. It's next time. year. Yeah, next year.
0: Yeah, so they but have like, a year to be, because like, people need to make the travel yeah. arrangement soon-ish.
2: I guess that's fair.
0: Right? Yeah.
2: Okay, yeah, that's fair.
0: Like, most of these expos usually happen in, like, the summertime.
2: Yeah, okay, so, like, a year and a half.
0: Yeah, so like you're going to be wanting to. At the time of to, recording,
2: I don't actually. I should say at the time of recording, it's like a year and a half. Yeah,
0: so like you're going to want to make your go to
2: when this is coming out. <laughs> make your
0: travel arrangements, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, if you're planning on going to the World Fair in Japan, you should probably do that soon.
0: Yeah, <laughs> especially if you're coming and you're because you're going to need to book your vacation time. You're going to need to figure out when you want to go. Like you need to yeah. know your dates. <laughs> That's fair, but yeah, so. With all of this said, next week, come and join us in London, England, for the Great Exhibition of 1851. You're going to want to bring your sunscreen and a fan, as things are going to get super nice and warm and toasty inside of the Crystal Palace.
2: God, okay. I'm a little bit afraid for that.
0: You should that be.
2: Sounds, <laughs> that sounds a little bit on, ominous. I don't know.
0: It's going to be like Frosty the Snowman. What? Okay.
2: I have questions. Oh. Oh, no. Wait, I get it. I have questions. I'm concerned.
0: Okay. So, we'll see you guys there on the weird side of history. (laughs) Bye.
1: Selling a little or a lot? Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC.
0: Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really hope that you found something new and will check out the resources in the show notes to get more information. In the meantime, I would really appreciate it if you could rate and review on your favorite podcast platform so more history nerds can find me. Don't forget to check out our Instagram page at WDYKA Podcast, as well as considering helping me out with a donation or membership on Buy Me a Coffee. The link is in the show notes and on our IG link tree. Thanks so much, and see you next time on the lesser known side of history.